When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to First Time Dads! With me, Richard Innes. And me, Steve Meyer. Regular listeners to the podcast will know that we have discussed parental mental health on a variety of issues. So for this episode, we got on the phone with Annie Belasco from PANDAS. That stands for Pre- and Postnatal Depression Advice and Support. Annie was talking to us to coincide with the launch of the sustainable food brand Little Freddy's Little Known Facts campaign that aims to share the challenges that parents face and how sharing a smile can relieve the pressure. Uh, Annie, can you you tell us a a little bit about pandas and what pandas do to start with? Yes, so Pandas Foundation is the pre- and postnatal depression and anxiety support services charity bit of a mouthful <laughs> so we support um we don't talk about really mums or dads the parent we talk about parents and their networks because we get a lot of people who use our services that are networks of mothers or fathers or both that ring up and say i'm concerned about this i've seen behavioral differences in this person and we obviously do not disclose any personal information, but we do talk about the signs and symptoms that networks and family and friends should be looking out for. Mm-hmm. So we provide four services. We provide, we, we're we a small charity, but we're nationwide. We have a very small management team with no funding, no NHS funding or grants. So we rely on donations to keep going. And our biggest teams are volunteers so they're trained in perinatal mental health and they go through the safeguarding training so we have our group support which are meetup groups mm-hmm. like soft play without the soft play lots of parents in a room they can bring their child there's normally a topic of the week for example birth trauma or uh, prenatal anxiety for example and it's up to the service users if and when and how they want to contribute or not. We get a lot of youth uh, observers, we call them, so people that want to take on and experience a safe community where they feel they're not being judged, they feel that it's okay to say I'm having a really bad time. Can I jump in there, Annie? Sorry sorry to jump in in the middle. What I'm really, really curious about is, for instance, with, with what you guys are doing with Pandas, are the people who come to see you people who are suffering, let's say, with postnatal depression, or is it broader than that? And the, the reason I ask is, you know, one thing Steve and I have talked to various people about on the podcast in the in the past is the fact that there are incredible mental stresses and strains on all, all parents. And I think we've both shared a lot of experiences. I mean, I personally really struggle with frustration with my son when he's having a tantrum or, um, you know, anxiety in terms of comparing him to other kids and why is he doing that, why is he not doing this, et cetera, et cetera, all those things. But I would never have described myself as being someone who's suffering with postnatal depression. So is it 
do you guys cover that whole kind of range rather than because just the very term postnatal depression I think people think of that as a kind of medical condition as opposed to just being someone who's struggling to cope on a day-to-day basis yeah and we would we would class it as a medical condition but we would say that over the past I would say two years really um the stigma of a parent coming to us and saying, look, I think I'm suffering with postnatal depression. We don't get that sentence. We mm. get, I feel low, I feel anxious, um, I'm struggling to bond with my baby, um, I'm having relationship issues after the birth of my baby, finance, going back to work, not going back to work, social anxiety, all those sorts of things. And when we look at the mood and we signpost and we advise a service user to go to the doctor, we usually are thinking, okay, they are showing more than enough signs of some form of perinatal mental illness. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, we get people who come to us who directly are suffering and mm. really need our help from um, conception through to birth and beyond um, because there's a huge spectrum of perinatal mental health um, and illness. And but the- we... Sorry, go on. Sorry, what's the what's what are the, the time frames that we're talking about? Are we talking about babies, uh parents of babies, or are we talking about people like Rich and I who perhaps have got, you know, toddlers um who are you know still or, or going through some kind of, you know, trauma, um, finding it a bit difficult, finding it a bit overwhelming, perhaps losing their rag quite a lot with, with their mm. child, um and, and not quite sure what to do. Yeah, I think, well, for us, because we cover the whole journey, so for me personally, when I was pregnant with both of my children, I had severe prenatal anxiety where I couldn't leave the house Mm -hmm. um, because I was convinced something was going to happen to my baby. And even when I was pregnant and I got to 20 weeks or 30 weeks, et cetera, I was convinced something would would go wrong. Mm. Um, So it was a bit of a miracle um, that I managed to get through that really um but we cover from time scales we would say from the seven week booking an appointment um after conception into and that's the prenatal stage into having a baby we then have many women that come to us who have had very traumatic experiences um physically and mentally with the way they've been treated also and dismissed when they've been concerned about physical and mental uh, illness symptoms through to three years. So we would say up to three years really is where we cover postnatal depression. Saying that, there are other conditions such as OCD um, and psychosis that can develop from postnatal depression. Mm-hmm. So we would never turn anyone away down to a time scale. The time scale kind of doesn't exist. What we seem to attract is that time scale, not to three years. Okay. But you could have someone 25 years down the line struggling to cope with the fact they had postnatal depression and we would clearly support that person. That's interesting because my, my, my real question with all of this is where where is the line between someone who is suffering with quite, I suppose, conventional and understandable anxieties and stresses about just being a parent, which is where I would put myself, and I have some real... And, you know, I'm, I'm quite open about the fact... I mean, I've, I've had therapy. I had a couple of years of therapy not too long ago because I was having some issues around anger and 
drinking too much to deal with my anger and all those things. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very aware that I've had issues in the past, but I've never considered myself to be somebody who has ever suffered with postnatal depression, for instance. So where is that line in terms of where, where, you, where do you draw that line where it becomes that, you know, where you can kind of attach that condition to the way someone's feeling? We don't give medical advice and mm. we certainly wouldn't be able to give diagnosis. But what we will say is that it's okay to have a bad day. And half yeah. of the problem with perinatal mental illness is that people are so scared of saying, especially women, are saying, oh, I'm really struggling to get through the day without clock watching, without yeah. using the TV as a babysitter, etc. And that's okay because they feel there are these ridiculous uh, conceptions that your baby's going to get taken away if you go to the doctors and say I'm depressed or think you're a bad parent. A bad parent doesn't exist like a bad child doesn't exist. It's behaviour and mood, hormonal changes, um, factors such as we know that parents, uh, both parents with young children have a lot of time and significant less amount of money. So it's very difficult to fill those time gaps with things to do. There's only so many times you can go to the park in the rain and make it a <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Tell my son that. Ain't that the Tell truth? my son that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really, really glad to hear you say that, Annie, because I, you know, one of, one of the things I find so difficult is this idea, that, you know, this perception of what a parent should be. And the thing I often say to other people, I always have this joke with my brothers because they've got young kids just like me. And when we, when we talk about our children, the honest truth is we're all sharing these negative horror stories about like, oh my God, he was being such an idiot. He was being so difficult. But And what I wish is that more people would share stories about how difficult their children are rather than how perfect yeah. they are. And when you go on social media and everyone's busy telling, oh, isn't my son or my daughter so bloody lovely and beautiful and blah, blah, blah. That's what we all do, of course, because that's what we're kind of almost trained to do through social media. Whereas what I want, yeah. what I always want, and I've often thought this when I'm having a bad day with my boy Ben, is I just want to see other people having a similarly bad day in a difficult time. Yeah. That's all I want. There's always someone that's having a worse day than you. <laughs> um, and I've yeah. thought to myself, I'm having a bad morning. Uh, you know, it's been a pain to get ready for nursery. We've walked out the door and we've gone around the corner past the station and there is a kid lying on the floor, kicking and screaming and headbutting the concrete and yeah. the dad's there in his suit trying to get, the, and you think, oh, I'm not, it's not that bad. It's <laughs> yeah. not that bad. Yeah, and I think that recognition of how parents are feeling is really important because it is boring um, going from working or whatever you did before children, going out and drinking and having a hangover. There's nothing worse than having to look after a child the next day. Mm. Um, and I think people are, are kind of more open about saying that they miss their previous kind of we use this word identity well your identity is always you you know but we lose the kind of the you in the father and the mother mm. the name goes it's daddy or mummy it's not annie or steve mm, yeah. and i think that's where things fall down and naturally when you do see people um that you know with children you do automatically talk about your kids because it dominates and it's good that you're talking about negative experiences um, and I understand why we need to be talking about them more because it's a reassurance that we're actually doing all right mm. um, and you know my son one of my children um, used to have terrible meltdowns and I felt completely socially isolated every play date was a nightmare birthday parties were just a write-off 
supermarket shopping just didn't happen. And three years later, we got an autism diagnosis. So you never really know Mm. what's going on with the child and the parent. But you can have the most beautifully presented um, parent who is smiling and crippling anxiety within them and that's a big part of the work that pandas try and do is to spread around um around awareness mm. and encouraging parents to really talk about how they feel and try not to talk about the kids yeah uh, that's really interesting you're saying that i mean what one the issue i or the issue i always suffer with is frustration and how quickly i lose my temper right and i'm curious about how many I suppose dads in particular, actually, that because it's it's kind of you know sort of traditionally a kind of father's role, right, to lose their rag. That's kind of you know historically that's always been the case. And and I'm curious as to how many men you you guys see uh, at pandas who have that issue. Because for me, I find I go from naught to a hundred in, in you know in a split second. So I'm yeah, I'm I've... trying I'm trying I'm trying I'm trying to be calm. I'm trying to talk calmly. I'm trying to be you know reasonable and kind of trying to reason with him. And then it just goes and goes and goes, and something—it's like a switch flicks in me, yeah. and then I've just lost it, yeah. and I'm yelling at him. It's like um, it's like a pan of milk on a <laughs> stovetop. You know that it's like there, and you can see a few little bubbles, and then suddenly it, it shoots yeah. up and goes over the edge. And I've felt that ex- yeah. exact same sensation that Rich is talking about, and it's—I—it's I, a common. It's made exacerbated by tiredness, mm-hmm. uh, I think, yeah. because you don't have the tools. Uh, or your body doesn't got the tools to kind of rationalise your behaviour. I don't think when you're when you're extremely tired because of sleep deprivation. And my wife has, you know, said to me in the past, you need to you need to sort yourself out. You yeah. know, you set the you set the temperature in the house, and then if you do lose your rag like that, then Jackson will see you. That must my son, and he then reacts to it. Um, and, and it's like yeah. you don't want to bring that into the house. But uh, I wondered if you, yes, yeah, like, like Richard, if you have people or, or guys calling up to talk to you about that sort of thing anger is completely okay and common <laughs> and it's a, it's a um it, you know it's a release and anger for us really is about control when you yeah. feel like you're yeah. losing control you kind of tell yourself off and think well i should be doing better at this and i don't think the anger is ever really directed at the child i think the anger is more about what's within us that we need to sort this situation out they need to get their shoes on we need to be out the door by this time getting a child to leave the house is one of the most challenging things i've ever been through um and i think that anger there is no right or wrong but the majority of people we speak to feel angry they feel angry themselves they feel angry about how they treat how they've been treated but Anger is also a way of coping. So mm. we wouldn't encourage people to say, you cannot be angry. You cannot have outbursts. Obviously, it's better to do it away from a child. Um, but we would say you need to express your anger. There are different ways of expressing it. Um, but in that moment in time, it's very much about control. So it, I ring you up. Totally agree with I ring that. up Pandas and I explain this. I've got this ongoing issue. I think, you know, my I'm struggling with my contain my anger and it's having an impact on family life. What would you what would the next steps be in terms of from from your end? So as I say, we don't give medical advice. Sure. But what we would suggest in that case, if you felt that it was strong enough for you to be concerned about your own anger, we would definitely say speak to a doctor. We also encourage um exercise. We know that there is proof that 
self-care and exercise can really have a significant quick turnaround impact Mm. i think that's right I think that's so right. Anyone. Yeah, I don't because, do it. Because I, don't I do that. you know, up until recently, or certainly up until I came back to work after having some shared parental leave with my second child, uh, I used to do a 25-minute walk to the station in the morning and back. Okay. Um, and that was not necessarily my heart-raising exercise, but it was some headspace time. Mm. And yeah. since having uh, number two and being back at work, I haven't been able to do that because the childcare demands are, are, are greater. So you don't have that flexibility to add, an, you know, a 25-minute walk either end mm. of the day. It, it, you know, you just have to get the quickest route possible to, to nursery to pick up. And I, I felt that there's been a, um, a definite uh, connection to that between how, how stressy I get yeah. at home. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, I had something similar, actually. I, I got, um, just last week, there was one day when I got, normally I get off the train and I get on the bus and it's about, you know, it's like a sort of five-minute bus ride home. But uh, there was something wrong with the buses, so it was a half-hour walk. So I did the half-hour walk home, and I got home, and I remember, and I was suddenly aware that I normally come in the door for whatever reason, whatever's going on in my mind, and that's when I start to get irritated. I come in the door, and even though initially Ben come, runs over and he, daddy, 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 we have a nice big cuddle and all that, it will be within the next five, ten minutes that it will start to kick off because that's when it's coming towards bedtime and blah, blah, blah. And that night, I didn't get irritated. And my wife even commented on it. She said, you seem in a good mood. And I thought... Do you know what's different here? The difference is I've just walked home. I've just spent mm. half an hour with a nice long walk, just get, you know, sort of breathe some fresh air, all that kind of stuff. Um, and maybe that is maybe that is it. Maybe it's just something as simple as... It's funny, isn't it, how something as simple as that can make a difference? Yeah, absolutely. It's like that physical space. You know, you can people can say when, when your child's having a meltdown, when everything is terrible, you can leave the room. But actually, sometimes that's just not mm. practical. Um but that feeling of going to work, working all day, having no sleep the night before, coming home to be handed over the baby potentially, there is an air of resentment that parents, I know I definitely have it um, occasionally when I come home and all I want to do is sit down and go for my phone and just calm down for the day and think, have space to think. Mm. Um and there's that resentment of, right, okay, well, actually, I've now got to go on the back burner again because my child needs this, this, and this by this time. And if it doesn't happen, it's going to set up, us off again in the wrong foot for the next day. Mm. So what we would say is that every day, in whatever way you can, you carve up some of that day and use it as me time. And we don't mean sitting on the toilet. <laughs> we mean actually having that time and making it happen. And it's difficult. You know, there are parents on their own um, who say to us, well, we can't have me time. We don't, we don't have the money to go on a spa day. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a bath or yeah. sitting down and watching TV. Sit in the garden and have a cup of tea. Yeah, yeah my, my wife yeah, does absolutely. it by getting home and going and standing outside in the garden with the hose pipe watering the plants <laughs> for like Whatever you know, works. 20, 20 minutes because like, yeah. there's no I'm you know indoors and she's outdoors it's just like some just a yeah. bit of time for her to do yeah. it do you know what's really interesting to me Annie is that the things we've talked about in the last 15 minutes so you've talked about kind of the resentment that you might feel as a parent the anger um, all these various things the loss of identity and what's re- it's, it's really refreshing to hear to actually be able to sit and talk about it because I think there's such a pressure on parents and I think we put it on ourselves as much as anything else. I think we like to blame other stuff, but I think we do put it on ourselves that we have to be, that these are things that aren't acceptable. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, when, when Ben was first born, I remember the first few weeks, 
being really surprised at how many negative emotions I felt. Don't get me wrong, the birth of my first son, you know, like it was overwhelming and there was lots and lots of positivity. But the thing that really took me by surprise was were those feelings, the feelings of being angry, you know, once he'd been screaming in my face for an hour and I'm thinking I'm now angry at my, my newborn child. Um, that, that resentment, all those things, you know, they all creep up and no one prepares you for that because everyone prepares you to be, you know, full of love and all these types yeah. of things that you expect you're going to feel. And so... The, I think, you know, from what you're saying, a lot of this is just about acceptance, accepting that, yeah, you are going to feel negatively about your child at times. That's just human nature. We should probably as well reference that, you know, Rich and I are two fairly well-adjusted, oversharing, middle-class Speak for, speak for yourself. Uh, you know. <laughs> well-adjusted. Who, yeah. who are able to talk about our feelings like we are right now mm. to, uh, yeah. you know, uh, you know complete strangers um there will be people listening who have partners who aren't able to do that and they see Mm. the behavior that rich and i've just described in ourselves in their partner and what what are what are they going to do because the if the the parent is not uh not prepared to admit that they have an issue the other parents in a difficult situation and what what kind of thing would you do in that case I think also it's not really admittance because so many people still don't know and are so frightened of their feelings. They bottle them up and don't talk about them. And sometimes they don't have anyone to talk about them mm. because, you know, there are two, there are two uh, parts to this because within antenatal classes, there is a huge dominance around what's going to happen at the hospital, what's going to happen if you're going to have a cesarean, how are you going to feed, what you're going to do with sleeping mental health for me at no point ever came up and I knew that was I was extremely high risk so we need to be focusing much much more on the mental health aspect during antenatal classes and things like that the other thing is that once a baby is born there is a huge kind of royal um sweet towards the parents within the first few days everyone's at your house you're making endless cups of tea when actually you should be getting some sleep and taking turns to get into your new routine so what we would say is to answer your question so that a parent can actually acknowledge how they're feeling they need the space to do it so in the first two weeks we would say minimal visitors we Mm. would say putting clear boundaries in place that you're not um, an amusement park for people to come and hold the baby and have a selfie with the baby. This isn't what it's about. It's really about you as a family, whether that's the mother and child alone, whether that's a mother and a father and five children. It doesn't matter. The dynamic has to be set off on the right foot from the start so that you can get your routine in place so you feel in control and you get a pattern that works for you. And you'll find that also helps build relationships there there is no need for every relative and their aunt and neighbor to come and visit straight away that Mm. baby is going to be there forever that's what social media is for right (laughs) take a picture of you and the baby share it with you know everyone you've ever met it's interesting that you say that actually annie because i've i'm due to have baby number two in the next couple of weeks so um thank you very much the congratulations and commiserations and all that yeah (laughs) thank you because that's actually that you've reminded me by saying that actually about when when ben was born my my eldest who's two um 
I, looking back on it now, and I had forgotten this, that there was a, such a distinct difference between the visits from people who had parents and the visits from people who didn't. Were so, parents. Who, who yeah. Were, yeah, sorry, people who were parents and people who weren't. So people who weren't parents were coming over and being lovely. Don't get me wrong, they bought a nice toy for the baby and but were sitting there for you know two, three hours and were making cups of tea. And there was that feeling in the back of my mind, like, you need to leave now. Whereas my sister, yeah. who has three children... I still remind her of this to this day. She turned up with her husband, with my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law immediately said, you need that Chester Drawers building, some sort of flat pack. Just got on with it. My sister made a roast dinner, put it in the oven. They stayed for half an hour and they were like, right, see you later, bye. And she put a lasagna in the, in the freezer. And I thought, that is the visit of somebody who knows what it's like to have a newborn child. It's Carlsberg made family. Yeah, 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 yeah like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Amazing. But I'll be trying Amazing. to, yeah, maybe... Yeah, I think, you know, we have to really put the boundaries in place that after um, we've had the baby and we're coming home, we want to be left alone to readjust. And if people have a problem with it, well, quite frankly, that's their issue because you don't want to kind of um, appease people for a few hours and then have a lifetime of stress because the first three weeks, six weeks, six months are so important mm. that you're in control and you're doing things how you want. There's nothing worse also than someone coming over and making a comment that could then kind of tip the apple cart around feeding and sleeping and all those highly sensitive subjects. Mm. Yeah, yeah so I, I guess it's a bit like, um, you know, grief, the aftermath of grief, isn't it? <laughs> Everyone turns up immediately after you perhaps lost someone and is there. And then when the dust settles, that's when you really you really have to, to deal with things, don't you? And, and perhaps people should uh, keep in touch a bit more with uh, how you're getting on as a parent uh, uh, yeah. as, you, as you get further down the line. Only on this podcast yeah. can we compare having a baby to losing a loved one. <laughs> but yes, right. I, know, I know exactly what Steve means. I do. It's a, it's a good comparison, I think. Um, and and so, if we wanted to get hold of pandas, if someone's listening now and they yeah. want to, what are the best ways that we can get in touch? Okay, so our most popular service is our helpline. Okay. Um, Do you want to share the, the details? Line, I don't have them in front of me. Yeah, what's your job again, Annie? <laughs> <laughs> that is terrible uh, it's can fine can not put that in <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely leaving this bit in yeah. but we might tag on the end when we've when we've uh, got the the details um yeah we can do that okay. in fact well, i'm we can sure do in the you're intro. available by using that popular search engine yes indeed online so pe- can people just yeah, google pandas so you go to our website which is pandasfoundation.org.uk mm-hmm. you can use our email service which is uh confidential support, hope and empathy, sign posting at info at pandasfoundation.org.uk. And there are also, there's a directory on our website of all the groups that you can attend in and around the country. We will soon be recruiting for more groups because there is such a need and they're set up by volunteers. Um, And then the final branch is our social media. So on our social media websites, we've got Pandas Foundation on Instagram, under that name, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. And we use those sites as motivation. So lots and lots of people who actually don't have postnatal depression, but struggle with their mental health, follow our pages every day because we only produce and reproduce upbeat, positive 
motivational, real content. So mm. our pages are very popular. Good. Great. Good, good, good. Well, I'm sure that will be of, of assistance. I, I, I can only imagine that there are loads and loads of people here who are in a similar boat to Steve and myself because actually I think particularly a year or so ago I could really have done with having a chat with other people who were in the same boat because yeah. I was I was really struggling. I mean, I, uh, as I say, I don't think I, I had postnatal depression or anything as, as, as uh, sort of dramatic as that, but I think that support of being around other people who are similarly struggling with similar issues... I think is um, you know can only be a good thing. We recorded a pod, didn't we, Rich? Um, not that long ago with uh, Mark Williams, I think it was, uh, who right, was a yeah. dad oh, yeah. who um, um, you know suffered from postnatal depression, mm. and uh, on the back of that, uh, people got in touch with us, right, and yeah. we were able to uh, hook those people up with Mark, um, who were you know struggling um, and were surpri- surprised to find themselves as his dad struggling uh, in the aftermath of becoming a parent. So I mean, I'd reiterate that again if. If you are a dad who's listening to this and you're struggling, you'd like us to to hook you up, then please drop us a line mm. at um, firsttimedads at reachplc.com or, or reach out to us on um, social media, Rich and I. And we'll we'll do our best to uh, to uh, connect you up with um, t- to somebody who we think can help. Absolutely, because we're all in, we're all in the same boat at the end of the day. Yeah, Pavis Foundation. You know, as I say, we're inclusive to everyone, so anyone can call us and talk about their concerns, and we can advise on the best possible choices going forward good 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 and it's been really great to have you on and i appreciate your time it's been interesting it's always good to get a little bit of therapy for rich and i as well (laughs) for free lovely exactly well hopefully we'll both go home now and um, you know uh, hold off screaming at the top of our voices do my level best Uh, uh, which i'm sure our wives will be very pleased about. no promises (laughs) i'll do my best but no promises um (laughs) and yeah thanks thanks very much for coming on